0: This is the Divine Truth Podcast. This is Patricia Sanders and we're listening to AJ Miller presenting his seminar called Secrets of the Universe. This is part 7. Do we all at some stage down the track end up in new birth? No. The new birth has to come from a decision inside of yourself to choose to receive God's love into your soul. It's not an intellectual choice either. It has to be an emotional choice. A longing for God's love from within. When I refer to prayer, that's what I'm talking about. Prayer is just a longing for God's love to enter your soul. There's only three things you'll need on this path. Three things only. You don't need me, you don't need anybody else on this path. You need three things only. First thing, a longing for God's love to enter you. That's the first thing, and I mean a longing, not just oh, I think I'd like to have God's love into me, and oh, yeah, it doesn't really matter, you know. I mean a longing, like real deep, fervent desire within yourself. You need that. You will also need a longing for God's truth to enter you. So that's the second thing you'll need: a longing for God's truth. In other words, I have to give up all of my errors emotionally. So if I have a belief about love that love sacrifices itself, I need to give up that emotion. If I have a belief about love that love doesn't engage in sex, I have to give up that emotion. If I have a belief about love that love always means doing what the other person wants, I need to give up that emotion. If I have a belief about love that love means that I will always get what I want, I have to give up that emotion. There are so many, I could list a hundred of emotions thousand maybe, or even more emotions that many of us may have that we have to give up on that part. So, I have to have a longing for God's truth to enter me emotionally, Not, not intellectually, emotionally. When God's truth enters me emotionally, I will automatically do what is loving. I won't have to try. I won't have to try and think, oh what's loving, what's loving in this situation? Oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm a confused. We won't feel like that at all in this state, right? In this state what we do is we, we know, we don't even have to think, we know what loving would do and we automatically feel drawn into doing it. Doesn't that make sense to everyone? Alright, then the third thing that we need is a quality that is the most negative quality here on the planet and it's the quality of humility. I want to define humility. Humility is the passionate desire to experience fully all of your own emotion without blame, judgement or condemnation of others. That's the three things we'll need. A longing for God's love, a longing for God's truth and humility. When you have those things, you will guarantee progress on the divine love path. Now, I say three things, not very much to remember, hey. You try putting it into practice in your day-to-day life and you'll find actually, wow, at the very first moment I just you know, said some untruth about it. I'm straight away out of path. You try it in the break. In the break, you know, when somebody snapples that cake that you wanted. <laughs> right? If you're in truth, you would say, I wanted that cake. (laughs) Wouldn't you, if you felt that? And then you'll go to yourself, alright, what's my emotion? Oh, it's an emotion of missing out. I feel like I'm missing out on that cake. And then you'll, right at that moment, if you're in truth, you'll feel that emotion in a childlike way. Because that's another thing about these two paths. See, on this path, on this path, you're adult-like. On the natural love path. On the dvana path, you are childlike. So you go, Oh, I missed out on that coke. And away you go, right? If that's how you felt in that moment, you would do that. If you are in that state. And what's going to happen on this planet is that some people, and then eventually quite a few people are going to get in this state, and you'll see it in action in your day-to-day life. And you'll be amazed about how you can live your life that way in the world that we're currently living in, which is very, very different. The truth is that when you get into that state, you are the most powerful creator that you could ever be. Because everything is driven by desire and emotion. Everything. Absolutely everything. And once you recognise the power of that state, you'll love it. You won't want to give it up for anything or anyone. right? So, if I came along and said, ah, no, no, you know all that stuff I said about the divine love stuff, you know, ah, no, no, you follow me instead and we'll go off on this tangent over here. You say, "What? What, what, what? Why would I want to do that for? Because you're already experiencing the state of complete connection with God. It's not a religion. It's not like something that you've got to follow with rules, although you will... In your heart, feel what's right and what's wrong instantly. Right? Nothing. And in fact, there are some Bible verses that refer to it. Like in the, in the Old Testament, they helped me learn about it. And one of them said, the heart of stone becomes a heart of flesh. Right? In other words, your heart, your feelings, your motivations, your emotions get transformed into this new state of being. You are sensitive emotionally and everything becomes an emotional experience, everything. And you will not be able to do anything that breaks your own integrity to yourself. Now you think about that. How many of us are doing a job at the moment that we don't want to do? Right? Because we want to earn money. Well, when you get into this state of at-one-ment with God, this is this state in the eighth sphere, which is called at one with God. right? When you get into that state, you will not be able to ever do that. And in fact, to be frank with you, by the time you probably get to the third sphere or the fourth sphere of the creation, you will not be able to do it. Because you can't stay in something that's untruthful for you anymore. You just can't. It hurts so much that you just can't do it, so you don't. And then you go down the track of, oh, my fears, you know, now I've got my money coming in, what do I do now? And, and Well, that's an emotion, right? And so you do with that emotion. How do you do with that emotion? Oh, nobody's going to care for me anymore. And away I go, right? I feel that emotion and I release that completely. And you know, when I come out of that, I'm going to think, what am I thinking about? Like, I've got a connection with God here. God's the creator of the universe. What am I thinking about? How can I believe that I'm not going to be cared for? But you'll only feel that when the emotions of a lack of abundance and all these other emotions are going to be released from you. That's when you'll feel it. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. So on this path, what happens is you become real, real. Everything is emotionally real. You don't intellectualise yourself and you do not reframe everything. You know, oh, that man punched me in the nose today. Oh yeah, I know he's got some problems. What? Like, you've got some problems. What do you think your law of attraction is to attract somebody punching you in the nose? You need to have a look at that, you know, what's going on. Now, was it because you were in truth or was it because you were in error? If it was in truth, then fine, but if it was in error, what did you do in error to attract that? What was the emotion? Ah, it was the emotion of fear in me. It was an emotion that I believed my body might die. It was an emo- Whatever the emotion is, I release. When I release that, those kind of events happen far less often. And what happens is as I progress more and more and more on the path, I start creating in very, very powerful ways. Far more powerful than the intellectual try, 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 try. How many of us are sick of trying? I'm sick of trying, I don't know about you. I spent a lot of my life this life doing the trying. Right? And the whole reason why I came back to experience this life because it's very different than the first century life I had, because the whole life my whole life in the first century I didn't have to try. Right? And then I, wondered, I got up the spirit world and, I'm, and everyone else was coming to me, oh, do you know that feeling about trying to do... No, I'm sorry, I don't. You'll have to talk to Mary about that one. I've got no idea about that one. <laughs> you know? and, and I felt totally clueless because the majority of people were coming to me for help and I didn't even know the answers to the majority of their, cause I, their problems because I hadn't personally experienced them. And so I decided with Mary, because it's all human state is the only way you can come back to earth, that we return and we decided to return. One of the reasons was so that I could at least get some more like knowledge of what it feels like to try and try and try and try. And it feels terrible. I don't know about you, but I hate it. It's like I don't ever want to do it again. That's how I feel. And so when you're on this path, that's what you'll get to. This a place where you won't have to ever do that again. Every single thing you desire is harmonious with love and so therefore it's automatically created in this state. In this state, you've got to think you went into it. Yeah, no worries. What am I going to create? And away you go. And while it sounds all lovely, it's not very useful to you. Now, just before I ask another question, there's one other thing I'd like to talk about, the two things. This path is self-reliant. You think about it. How much on this earth have we have we been taught, and now come to believe that the only person that's going to get do something for me is me? Right, that's what we've. So we've become so self reliant, right? We base our entire life around it. I've got to create it. I've got to create it all the time. On this path, we are God reliant. We trust that if I deal with my emotions, if I deal with my law of attraction and deal with the emotions that are attracting, if I work through my soul condition, if I grow in love, everything I want that I've ever dreamed of is going to be attracted to me. And you know what? When you get into that space, you won't even worry about any time at all in your life. You won't plan anything. Because you don't need to. The moment you want to go and have a chat with a group of people, they'll be there for you, automatically. Now, no, it sounds strange, but it happens like that, exactly like that. Everything you want to create, everything you desire that's harmonious with love will happen. Now, sometimes the time period between you having the desire and it happening can be a bit of time, but it will happen. Because everything that happens, happens because of your desires fully expressed. And so on this path I'm, emo- I'm emotionally connected, God reliant, childlike, having fun, enjoying myself, not thinking about, worrying about where my next penny is going to come from, where my next meal is going to come from. Does a child worry about those things? Like no, no, they don't care about that. They know that a meal's going to get put on the table, right? So that's they don't worry about that. So they that's how we will be, exactly like that. You will get to this point, and you will look at a person who's in this point. If you're coming from an intellectual perspective, and say, "How do they live their life? Like, what are they going to do tomorrow?" And they say, "I don't know. Oh, who knows what might happen to me tomorrow? Like, all sorts of things could happen to me tomorrow. I might have a desire tomorrow to do so. I may have a desire tomorrow to make love to my lovely lady all day. So, who knows? Something might come up. Other, oh, well, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing these." Something might happen that actually causes me to to change that, you know. Like my desires change at every moment, do they not? Depending on what emotions pass through me, and who knows what they will create. So why do I? Why am I invested in that? I won't be invested in that on this part. On this part, I make lots of detailed plans. You know, I was like this. I was just like, you know, write down lists every night. I used to do that. I used to write down a list of next day. What I do. How many of you have done that in your life? Write down a list of yeah. So I'm not alone. So 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 we write down a list of what's happening next day, and then what do we do with it? Well, what I did with it is I wrote down a list of all the things that could have gone wrong with that list. And that's the thing, what I did. I was so afraid of what would go wrong that I wrote down a list of all the things that could go wrong. I was pretty right in that when anything did go wrong, it was usually on my list. Right? anyway. And so I allowed myself, right, to write down this list and then the next day, sure enough, yeah, that happened, that happened, that happened, and cross, crossed, crossed off, cross off, cross off and whoa, yeah, that went wrong. Cross off that, cross off that. Right. All my life was that planned. It was terrible. Like it was terrible. I, I I was living I was so full of fear that my stomach hurt so much every morning I woke up and I would be trembling every time I woke up in the morning. Who's had that emotion of feeling dread every single day of their life? That's what I was like, every single day. And it was only by releasing the causal emotions that created my fears, which in my case were all to do with my first century spirit, that all that went. My lovely lady would like to say something. So would you say that the natural love path is typified by trying to control our life and control our emotions? And control, yeah. And the divine love path is actually opening up to feeling everything? Yep. Okay. Definitely. As you know, darling. So you can say it differently. <laughs> so feel everything on that path, yeah? Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like, isn't it? So in this state, I was just like a control freak. right huh? And everything had to be even and turned, everything had to be just one, every, and you know, in that state, most things went wrong too, right? <laughs> because that was the state I was in. But in this state, now most things go right. Everything seems to be just, oh, fit together, oh, such and such wants us to go up to McLeod, oh, okay, what date, oh, the date I feel like going up is about December sometime. Oh, and then you yeah, we've got a venue available, but it's only available, isn't this terrible, it's only available in the exact week that I wanted to go up. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is what happens on the, when you're in this space all the time. Many of you have been in that space at different times of your life, right? So it can't create it all the time because of the emotions that cause it. Now what we'll do now is have a break. There's been a question of what happens to the soulmates as they progress. All right. So I'd like to address that issue because it actually affects the teaching of reincarnation, actually. So how many of you firmly believe in reincarnation as you've been taught it from, say, similar to Buddhist or Hindu-type teachings, New Age-type teachings, where you reincarnate over and over and over and over? How many? Quite a, quite a number? Okay. Yeah. Alright. You'll find the next bit bit confronting. Just a just a warning for you. All right. So we're here on the earth, and uh, we start having a longing for our soulmate. And what will happen in your progression is, as you start progressing, you will actually start working your way through different emotional issues that cause that cause you to currently have soulmate blockages. Like if you're needy for your soulmate, that's a blockage, by the way. Nobody wants to live in a needy relationship, right? So if you're needy for your soulmate, that's a blockage, It's an emotional blockage. If you have an emotion inside of you that you're angry with men and you're a woman and you know your soulmate's a man, then that's a blockage towards you meeting your soulmate. If you have an emotion inside of you and you're a man where you think that pretty much having sex with any woman will do, well that's a blockage. Emotional blockage within you that's going to stop you from actually being with your soulmate. Because the truth is that when you meet your soulmate and, and actually work through all of your emotional injuries, eventually what will happen is you will not desire another single person. You won't, you won't need your parents, you won't need your children, you won't need anybody else except God and your soulmate. Right? That's what will happen. Anyway. What happens when we're progressing? Let's say one half of the soul starts progressing on the divine love path. And by the way, soulmate union cannot ever occur on the natural love path. In other words, if I stay on this kind of a path, I will never experience the complete soul union that I'm speaking to you about. You have to go through the process of the new birth, you have to get into it one with God, and then you have to process, progress for another 16 spheres, or 14 spheres of progression of learning about divine love before you will actually get into this condition of complete soul union with your soulmate. Before then it will feel pretty good, right? When I say pretty good, like, it'll blow most of you away just feeling it at the third sphere with your soulmate, let alone the one condition with your soulmate. But, what will happen is if you do not progress on the divine love path, you'll never experience the soul union state. Alright? Now, the soul union state is the state where you yourself and your soulmate no longer think or see or feel yourselves to be separate people. Alright? Now that's pretty challenging because that means dealing with all the emotions of control that you have inside of yourself, all the emotions of manipulation, all the emotions that you want to get your own way, all the you know, all these emotions all get dealt with in this process of becoming at one with your soulmate. But as you progress, let's say one of the soulmates progress first, so she progresses on the divine love path. So she's progressing towards God, right? On the divine love path. Sooner or later what will happen is she'll work through all the emotional blockages towards her soulmate. And once that occurs, the soulmate starts feeling this change. It's an automatic feeling that occurs in your soulmate. An automatic change. And the automatic change means that the soulmate now starts to be drawn automatically into your life. Right? And you start to be drawn towards wherever he or she is. And it happens without you thinking about it. You just feel drawn. So... And you know, when we talk about soulmates, as a, usually it's a four-hour discussion, not so this is a very five-minute thing or ten-minute thing that we're talking about today. But later on we have other discussions and there's already like 50 or so discussions on the net you can download about all sorts of subjects. And the soulmate discussion is one that we're yet to have, in fact, with everyone. But anyway, you're progressing towards, your, your, towards God. You're drawing closer and closer to God and as you're drawing closer to God, Every emotional injury you have about yourself, every emotional injury you have about your about the opposite gender, every emotional injury and remember emotional injuries are any are covered by anger and resentment and other emotions. So any time you even feel a smidge of frustration with the opposite gender. Right? Anytime you feel a smidge of anything from the opposite gender, what is going to happen is there's an emotional injury. Does that make sense? It's just a spillage of water, isn't it? Is that right? Or oh, a plate. <laughs> oh, hot tea. that's good. Alright. So, as I'm progressing, I'm progressing towards God, and I'm the woman in this case. Don't look too much like one, hopefully, but anyway, I'm progressing towards God, and I'm the woman. And so what's happening is, as I'm progressing, this desire starts building in me this desire for my only partner, which is my other half, soulmate. What happens then is there's an awakening inside of their soul which causes them to feel drawn into my life, if they're not already there. And they will be just drawn into my life. Whether they're a spirit or on earth, doesn't matter, they'll be drawn into my life somehow. The power of my soul will draw that to occur and the awakening will occur between the two halves. And they don't even have to deal with any injuries, they'll be drawn. The problem with that, of course, is that they might come to us full of injuries. Like, how many of you have a soulmate that's a murderer? Everyone goes, no, 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 that's not my soulmate, right? My soulmate's not a murderer. Well, someone has to have, like, the murderer is a soulmate. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, So, you know, this is the trouble, is what we do is we make judgments a lot, don't we, as to who our soulmate would be and who they are. But obviously... You know, there's, there's a whole whole variety of people our soulmate could be and it's just a matter of me growing towards God that will attract that soulmate into my life. So, I don't have to go out seeking them. They will feel drawn into my life as I progress towards God. So, as I do that, I'm progressing towards God and eventually my soulmate will come into my life. Now, they might be full of emotions that they have not yet healed. You're going to have to be in a pretty good space dealing with that. Aren't you? If you have already healed a lot of your emotions and you come up and your soulmate's got a lot let's say you're a female, you've worked through all your man stuff, all your man anger, all your resentment, all the other things, you've blood blocked through what is your soulmate and all these other emotions you've had to deal with in this process. And then you get to say, Well you start to feel quite good, and then all of a sudden your soulmate's attracted. Oh, he's got like rage with women. Rage. <laughs> rage. What what are you going to do with that? <laughs> You might feel like getting rid of him, for sure. Alright, so what would you do? You would actually be already in a state where you do not actually respond to man's rage. Right? Where it doesn't even affect you at all. He can't manipulate you, he can't control you. How good is that going to be? Your soulmate's there and no matter what state he gets into, you will be able to assist him in love. It doesn't mean you'll be with him sexually yet, because he's still, if he's got rage towards women, are you going to want to have sex with a man who's got rage towards women? Probably not, right? So, you might not be with him sexually yet, but you would probably still sometimes be in his life and just see, and let him develop his desire, let him develop his longing to be with you after you've met and let him work through his different emotional issues. And if you're in a state where you're humble, where you're owning all of your own emotional experience, you'll be able to cope with anything they dish out and you'll be able to stay in a space of self-love with them. And so what will happen if you do that is they will feel even drawn to to more to you. So they'll start progressing too and eventually they'll get onto the divine love path as well. The other part of this is that if I've received divine love in my soul, Sooner or later my soulmate's going to want to do the same. If I haven't, then they might not. But if I have, then my soulmate would definitely want to do the same. So they start receiving divine love and progressing, and eventually you go through the process of the new birth. No one on earth has gone through it at this point except for myself, while they're on earth. Alright? And well, I'm not saying this time either, by the way, I need to go through it again with this experience something now. And in the 1st century, I was the, from then on, nobody has gone through the process of the new birth. When you go through it, when anybody around you goes through it, you'll know it. You'll feel it from it. It's a totally different condition in space. Okay? Like uh, it needs to be on the mic because otherwise it doesn't get recorded. Yep. Over the years, there's been a lot of so-called enlightened beings. Yes. self included. Um, I know I'm called an enlightened being, but I don't call myself- Well perhaps that. you were, in 2000 years ago. No? Uh, no. So what would you consider a enlightened being? in part two of that is, wouldn't Buddha have been considered someone who's gone on the, on the divine path?
1: Like I know Buddha is considered by everyone else to be someone
0: on the divine love path, but Buddha is actually on the natural love path in the sixth sphere. That's where he currently resides. So, 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 the truth is that Buddha, in his, in his in, in his original concept, of, he doesn't have a concept of God that actually is God's concept of God. So Buddha's concept of God is totally different to God's concept of God. And that's why Buddha is not at one with God. So are you saying you can be enlightened and not be with God? Everyone who's defined as a enlightened is actually usually not on the divine love path. They're all people who believe themselves to be enlightened in the perfect condition of natural love in the sixth year. There are literally billions of spirits in what you would call an enlightened state, but it's not what I'm calling a, an at one state. That's totally different. So could you t- say what the difference is? And I've already stated some of the differences. One of them is this. Is this thing where I say I'm an enlightened being. I'm sorry, I'm not an enlightened being. I never was. In the first century I wasn't an enlightened being. Does that make sense? In the first century all I was was the same as what you are, a child of God who went through this process of the new birth into a condition of oneness. I'm still God's child. I don't want you to connect to me because I'm some enlightened being. I want you to connect to God because God's the enlightened being and no one else really is and particularly all the people who claim themselves to be an enlightened being are not enlightened beings, really. Now, the enlightened being and a lot of other terminologies are all about how they describe their progression on the natural love path. Does that make sense? So, And the problem is is that there are whole groups of spirits who were with us here today who are prompting many of your questions, who believe themselves to be enlightened beings. And the truth is that they are on the natural love path in the sixth year of their development and they're not yet even making the transition because they still think they understand the divine love path but they haven't experienced it emotionally. And when they allow themselves to experience it emotionally, they will know the difference. But it's like, you: how do I get you to experience love? I can't get you to experience... I can talk about love all day but I can't get you to feel the emotions of love for God, for example, can I? I can talk to you about if you love God and you think, yeah, I think I love God, but, you know, until you feel this passionate desire and longing for God, you will not feel what it's like to love God, let alone to experience God's love through the condition of abandonment. The problem is that almost all of the so-called enlightened beings that have ever been on this planet have all been on the natural love path and many of them still are, right? Because they don't want to give up their concept of self or they've given up their concept of self. So, when I say don't want to give up the concept of self, I mean self reliant Or they've given it up so much that they've given up their free will. And on this path you never give up your free will, ever. In fact, your free will multiplies and grows on this path. Remember, I said one of the reasons for incarnation is to fully realise your own free will. So giving it up is not going to be beneficial. What Buddha has done, he's he's in the sixth year, I've met him many times in the spirit world, he's in the sixth year, he has given up the whole concept that he's an individual. He does not believe himself to be an individual anymore. And what he's doing is he's totally reliant on this concept that has overcome his being, that he's actually not an individual. He's now, in his own belief, become God in his own belief. And he is in a six-year state in that belief. It's very, very hard to talk to him. It's almost impossible to convince him anything other than what he believes in that state. And this is the problem, is that many of the so-called leaders who were looked up to here on earth and who have been looked up to for years and generations are actually in that state. All I am is your brother and all I've done is done the same as what I'm just saying to you, you can do. And I'm never going to be an enlightened individual. I'm never going to call myself that. I'm never going to call myself a guru. I'm never going to call myself an avatar. I am not those things. All I am is the same as you. I am just a child of God. Right, who has received divine love in the same manner that I would like to describe to you that I've, you know, that you can receive it. That's all. That's all I am. Does that make sense? Now, you don't have to agree with me because you can actually pass or you can get mediums to talk to Buddha if you want. You will have a lot of trouble getting a medium to talk with Buddha because Buddha does not normally do that. But you might have to pass before you investigate and get to the sixth fear yourself before you can investigate where he is. But I can tell you at the moment this is where he is. I'm hoping that with all the changes that occur on the earth coming up, with all the different things that are going to happen over the next ten years or so, that he was in a different condition, but I've seen many people take many thousands of years from his condition to get into a different condition. Remember, I've lived 2,000 years, so I've seen many people stay in these states for 1,000 years at a time of this condition. And in the 6 fear condition, not wanting to change, believing very, very firmly a whole set of beliefs that lock them in the same place that you on earth believe is an enlightened condition and it's not. It's a condition of shut down, emotional shut down and going into this so-called nirvanic bliss which is actually, in many cases, just the projection of all the adulation and glorification from other people entering their soul. It's a very damaging place for them to exist in. I know some of this is confronting, by the way, what I'm saying. You don't have to believe it, remember. Thank you for listening. The website for this show is divinetruthpodcast.wordpress.com and you can find AJ and Mary's website at divinetruth.com. Their YouTube channels are Divine Truth and Divine Truth FAQ.